Hi, can I speak to Liz Worth, please? Yeah, speaking. Hey, Liz, this is Scott. I'm calling from the interview show. How are you today? Hey, good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What's you up to tonight? Uh, I actually just got back from a photo exhibit of uh, Toronto punk stuff. Good, good. So you're in the mood to do a little talking about punk. Definitely. <laughs> hey, my name is Liz Worth. I'm the author of Treat Me Like Dirt, and you're listening to the interview show. Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host, and today I have Liz Worth on the line, and she's the author of Treat Me Like Dirt, an oral history of punk in Toronto and beyond, 1977 to 1981. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. So you weren't born when this music was being made, so I'm really curious to find out how you got into it. Uh, well, my introduction to Toronto punk, uh, I think, really speaks to how obscure a lot of it had become, because I first found out about a lot of these bands through a novel called 1978, which was written by a Toronto writer named Daniel Jones. And uh, and this, this novel referenced some bands that I had heard of before, like Teenage Head and the Forgotten Rebels, um, because those bands had always been playing around. So um, so even in the 90s when, when this book was published, uh, those bands are still doing shows. So I would see posters for them around Toronto, um, 
But there were a lot of other bands in this book that I'd never heard of and people I'd never heard of, like Stephen Lackey from the Vile Tones, um, bands like the Diodes and the Poles. So all of these references were in there. And um, and this book is just, it's, it's just a novel. It's fiction about these kids uh, living in downtown Toronto. And they go to these shows and, um, you know, it's, it's a punk rock novel. So obviously there's a lot of drinking in there and a lot of drugs and everything. And I just thought it was a really cool book. But um, what interested me beyond the story was um, all these people who were being name-checked in it. So... Uh, so I was, you know, I was really curious about that because I was really, um, really into punk at the time. One of my favorite bands was The Clash, so I knew a lot about UK punk and New York punk, but I didn't know that, you know, a similar movement had happened in Toronto, and uh, and so I went, uh, I went to go look for for the music by these bands, and uh, and when I picked it up and I realized, you know, this stuff actually existed, I got really excited to. Uh, to find out that Toronto had a punk movement movement of its own, so that's what really got me into it. What was your reaction when you first heard the songs? Um, I thought I thought it was you know this, I thought the Toronto stuff was really great, um, especially uh, the first um, the first uh, album album that I got was the um, this best of CD that uh, that was put out from, um, by the Diodes in the late 90s and uh, and I thought it was amazing um, it's you know the diodes um, still stand as one of my favorite bands after you know after all these years of first discovering them and uh, and of course bands like the vile tones and the curse and the ugly um, a lot of other Toronto punk bands are um, are so great because they're all so different from each other so there are a lot of different sounds happening um, within this scene but also, you know, a lot of different dynamics and a lot of different kinds of energy there, too. So I was, you know, I was really impressed when I heard it, which, you know, also um, fueled my interest even more, of course, because if the music didn't stand up, then I don't know if I would have been as interested in, in learning more about it. You decided to write this book. Mm-hmm. You've got a whole bunch of punk bands that were active 20 years ago. How did you go about finding all these guys? You know, it was really just a domino effect. The first person I interviewed was Paul Robinson from The Diodes. And I just found him online. Um, I found an email address for him, and I contacted him. And at the end of our interview, he recommended that um, that I talk to several other people. So he passed along some names, and uh, and he had a few email addresses. So I just kind of took things from there. And with every person I talked to, I would ask them if they could pass me on to someone else. And um, and it just kind of it just kind of went that way. And I yeah, because I was always on the lookout. And, uh, and, you know, I was trying to Google people and, and everything. Then eventually I was able to track down a lot of them.
Awesome, awesome. And I want to congratulate you because you've sold out two printings, and that's great. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it is really exciting and, uh, and really unexpected. Um, I mean, I never questioned that people would be interested uh, in reading this book. I think that um, I think there's a, there's a lot of hunger for it, but um, I didn't expect it to happen so fast. I mean, it's only been out for six months. And, uh, and in Canada, you know, <laughs> to, to sell out of... Um, a first print run on a book that fast doesn't happen very often. Um, so yeah, so it's really great, and I think um, I think it really it really says a lot um, for these bands, and they should be really proud that um, that they were part of something so special that so many people want to know about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What do you think about punk makes people want to come back to it? I think um, I think the interest in in punk, especially. Um, you know, especially the really, really early punk stuff, you know, the original wave. Um, I think it attracts people still because it was it was such a genuine movement and um and it was a place where a lot of people could apply a lot of different ideas all at the same time and have all of those ideas be just as valid um as the others. So, you know, you could it was just it was really open in terms of being creative, right? Creative with how you wanted to dress. Um, with music that you wanted to make, with how you wanted to express yourself. And so I think people get inspired by that um, because it was, to me, you know, it, I, I always interpret it as a place where um, anything anything could be possible. And so I think that's really inspiring. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're talking with Liz Worth tonight, and she is the author of Treat Me Like Dirt, an oral history of punk in Toronto and beyond from 1977 to 1981. When you read the book, it reads almost like you're reading a documentary. And I wanted to ask you why you decided to write it in that way. I chose, I chose doing the format of an oral history because I really wanted to preserve the voices of, of the people who were telling me these stories. Uh, when I first started working on Treat Me Like Dirt, uh, my intention was to actually write it as a narrative. Um, I, you know, because that is what I do. I am a writer. Um, but, you know, I wasn't too far in. I was maybe um, 10 interviews into this project when I just started hearing these stories fall together so well, just as people were telling them to me. And, uh, and the way they were coming out was so articulate and, um, and so perfect. I thought, you know, why rewrite it? And so I just, I just started piecing them together as best I could to tell one whole story, which, you know, is, is just as hard as actually writing it, because, or maybe even harder in some ways, because if you have a gap in a story, for example, you can't, you can't write it in. You have to keep your voice out completely, but still find a narrative. So the same process of writing a story still applies, um, but 
you get to you just get to keep everything exactly the way it's told, and so you also have your characters' voices come out a lot stronger, and uh, and I really like that um, about Treat Me Like Dirt because there are some really strong characters in the book, and uh, and I wanted people to be able to see that and really get to know um, who these people were in the Toronto punk scene because they're you know because this is the first book that really goes this far into it so I thought it was also important that way to just kind of put the story out there as it is what I love about it the most is that it it really doesn't glamorize it presents those people and their lives as it was and that's just it which is great yeah thank you um I I really I I really thought it was important um yeah to just you know uh to try not to obviously not judge anything right because when you're you're working as a journalist um you can't put your judgment in there so um so i really just had to you know keep everything balanced and i tried to use um you know as as much of of the interviews as i could so um i know like with some people like stephen lecky's um interviews for example i think i did four or five interviews with him and i used pretty much every single sentence that he said Wow. Wow. Mm. Well, I really appreciate you taking out time to speak with me tonight. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And have fun talking to Paul. I'll try. I'll try. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He's a good guy. It'll be good. Hey, my name is Liz Worth. I'm the author of Treat Me Like Dirt, and you're listening to The Interview Show. Wasting my time in the halls of education Learn to move fast on the streets of the nation Realize young man, fire can't burn With dreams on ice, with my back was turned Media dogs with your brain to hold Burned out mummies mumble, do what you're told Can't sleep at night, my head's full of warps They dress me to kill, but I feel like a corpse Dead on arrival, dead on arrival, survival allergy race. Dead on arrival, dead on arrival.
Hey, can I speak to Paul Robinson, please? Hello, who is this? Why, this is Scott Wood. I'm calling from The Interview Show. I'm here to interview Paul Robinson from The Diodes. Right. Okay, well, I'm sitting eating my dinner, but um, go ahead. Shoot. All right, well, welcome to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Today I've got Paul Robinson from The Diodes on the Line, and he is one of the principal characters in Treat Me Like Dirt, an oral history of punk in Toronto and beyond. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you. So I'm sorry for interrupting your dinner. I thank you for your time. What are you eating there tonight? Oh, wow, it's this amazing sort of Thai fusion stuff. It's delicious. Nice, nice. All right, I'm just going to jump into the questions. When Liz Worth, the writer of the book, approached you to do this, uh, to do the interviews for the book, how did you feel about that? Well, I was the first one that they interviewed, so it was really good. I mean, we've, um, y- y- you know, so it was even before really the book started taking form. So I guess I could get, you know, sort of my um, feelings and input out there, which was great. How did it feel to go back and relive those moments at this point in your life? Well, you know, everybody's changed. We've all grown up a bit. And it was, um, you know, um, great to relive it. But it was also important to be able to pretty well um, um, solidify um, the diode's importance as being, you know, the first punk band in Canada, the first... um, you know, to open a uh, the first punk club in Canada and to be the first to record on a major label as a punk band in Canada. So how do you feel about the fact that, you know, a lot of people don't know all of those accomplishments that you just mentioned? Well, I guess they'll have to read the book. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I guess what I'm asking, though, is at your point in your life, I mean, you've accomplished some pretty significant things and Canada really hasn't given the diodes their due or, you know, do you feel that way? Well, I think that they will. You know, I think that, you know, we've, we've had a, a huge influence both domestically and internationally on younger musicians in Canada and around the world. I mean, we've been cited by Bob Mould of Husker Du as being one of their main influences, and Nirvana has always said that the diodes were an influence on them. So, you know, I think that our history is pretty well set in stone, you know, what our accomplishments are set in stone. Yeah.
All right. Well, welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Today, I've got Paul Robinson from The Diodes on the Line, and he is one of the principal characters in Treat Me Like Dirt, an oral history of punk in Toronto and beyond. You know, we never in our day um, made money or, you know, had all of the trappings of a successful rock band, but I guess, you know, at least historically, we are important. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What I love about the book and the interviews that you did with that is that you guys are also frank. You just tell your life as it is, and it's very blunt. Let me put it that way. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the book. Yeah, no problem. When you were doing the interviews, was there like anything that you didn't want to talk about or anything that you wanted to leave out? Um, no, I mean, they're, they're, you know, I think a lot of it did come out in the book, but, you know, obviously... There's enough material to have, uh, you know, a, a biography of the diode, so maybe that will come out one day. Nice, nice. What I love about some of the quotes in the book is when you guys are talking about when the scene died, and when the scene died, for you guys, you moved to the UK, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, you know, everything is relative, I, I guess, you know, and, um, you know, you, you move on, you um, step forward, you step backwards, and I think that right now, you know, we're, we're interested. There, there's so much interest in the band, for instance, that, you know, we, we've got back together. We just toured Italy. We've done some dates in Ontario. We're opening for the New York Dolls on uh, a week Saturday. And, um, you know, who knows what's next? I'd love to come out to Vancouver. I'll tell you that much. I mean, if the demand is out in Vancouver, we'd love to come out there and play. Well, we'd love to have you. What's it like opening for the New York Dolls? In the book, almost every band that was interviewed had feelings about them. Well, I mean, it will be great. I mean, we know, I know Syl- Sylvain uh, quite well. He stayed with me in London. I live in England now. And, um, you know, I've known him for years, but we've never, you know, played with the Dolls. But they were certainly an influence on the diode. The book talks about a rivalry that you guys had with the Vile Tones. Well, I mean, you know, we've, there were a lot of rivalries that were out there. You know, uh, but, you know, basically... A lot of it was just the time and media and other things. So, you know, um, we actually were really good friends with all these bands originally, but we happened to get the first record deal, and that was a little bit difficult for a lot of the other bands to take. Um, But, you know, it looked like we were much more successful than the other bands, but we rolled pretty well on the same level. We never made it like some of the other bands, but very few punk bands made it. You know, in the big terms. Does that sort of thing, a rivalry, is that good or bad for a scene? I think it's always good. It keeps everybody on edge and, you know, um, on top of things. Rivalries are good. Well, I, I just think that it kept the scene active and it kept everybody on their toes. You guys got back together because of this book? We've got a documentary that's coming out called Circa 1977. It's um, premiering at North by Northeast on Wednesday, so we're here to promote the documentary. We're here to promote the book. We've got a new vinyl album out on Rape Up Records in Italy. It's on vinyl. Um, it's a 1977 Diodes performance at the Elma Combo. Um, so there's a lot happening. We're thinking of recording some more music and going out and playing, and we'd love to come to Vancouver. Yes.